evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to your latest instalment of the Gels Net Weekly Podcast, hosted by myself, Craig Gray. Well, we're of course going to preview the big match on Sunday. Um, just before we get started, just need to go through the anomalies as well. This is, of course, the Independent Rangers podcast made for fans, by fans, and all content is free. You can get us over at www.gelsnet.co.uk where you can get on the forum, read a few articles. We've had one up this week um, about Michael Beale, um, and you can obviously listen to the podcast here and get us over on Twitter at Gelsnet Online. Kindly ask you if you can share it with all your friends as well. And also, just before we start, I would like to give a little message from our partners, Forest Precision Engineering. They are a subcontract Glasgow-based engineering company who have been a big commercial supporter of Rangers for many years. And we're absolutely delighted that they're backing up podcast. You can get them over at forestprecisioneng.com. And you can also visit the Forest Precision Executive Lounge. It's a stunning new hospitality area within the historic main stand. For more information on how to book this unique and intimate space, you can email the club via hospitality at rangers.co.uk. Right, so we may as well get started then. Sorry for uh, the lateness, guys. Um, we've made use of the five sub rule, uh, and we've brought in another one. Um, technical difficulties, and thankfully, Alec Anderson has stepped in to save the day. Alec, how you doing, mate? Uh, no bad, Craig. No bad. A bit spaced, mate. I was just sitting down to enjoy the the, the pod, you know, and then realised I was going to be on it. So uh, <laughs> I'll be testing to see if my my partner's any better or any worse when I'm completely no prepared. But just just don't be calling me the Rabbi Matondo. Uh, that, that sub the night. No, well, you would need to score for that to happen. So this is true, um, mate. This is true. It's been a um, <laughs> the thing is, obviously, I've got a big game on Sunday, but it's been a really big week for Rangers as well. And I wanted to start with that. You know, um, the chances are we might not even talk about the Celtic game today. No, we will. Don't worry, guys. We will talk about it. But the big news this week, Alec, obviously, Stuart Robertson announcing that he's going to be stepping down at the end of the season and replaced by James Bisgrove. What was your initial thoughts on that happening? Just uh, the, the power of the banner. With a red cross through it, that's it. Just whatever, whatever you want. I'm, you know, uh, I it seems to be that, that that's the way to do things. I never thought it would uh, come to this, and we're just going to ask the question: was was this planned anyway, or has it been, you know, fan pressure that's that, that's basically made that happen? Um, I'm quite happy with you know Bisgrove stepping in. I think I was making jokes on the the WhatsApp group, the Jersey Net WhatsApp group. You know, as soon as uh, it was announced it. Stuart Robertson was going, uh, as soon as it was Ross Wilson was going, I thought, oh, Busy Grove will be stepping in to, to take over and folk will be raging. You know, it's a wee joke, but it wasn't that far away. It's just a different a different position. But uh, I things are happening. Chairman's going, new chairman. You know, things are moving. I just don't know if it's going to be we're moving in the right direction. I'm fairly happy with it, but the big one that's worrying me is just the uh, director of football. I don't know what's I don't know what the score is here. Michael Beale seems to be talking more on these press conferences about how he's kind of covering for that and then mm. talking about how we almost like I can kind of he's kind of hinting that we could do without one almost um, so I don't know if that's just him trying to take the pressure off the board because we don't have a director of football straight in as a replacement for for Wilson or if it's actually trying to smooth the ground for us no getting one at all I mean I, I think in terms of the director of football I can see the club continuing with it at some point I just think maybe at the moment when you've obviously already started preparing for the summer the club maybe just think that there's no point in bringing someone in at the moment I yeah. think if there is somebody that's going to be appointed you'll probably see it at the end of the summer transfer window with a view to the winter one because 
Um, I actually think Michael Beale's kind of enjoying doing all, all the work himself. He loves it. He clearly, he's buzzing, uh, isn't he? Aye, like you've never seen him happier when he's when he's in control of, of finances and control of the first team. Um, hopefully, he just does a better job at the medical department than what I've had the, the last <laughs> few months. But I mean, look. I will actually say this and I will uh, get my apologies out to everyone. I had to apologise on Twitter the other day as well. And this is what happens when you're wrong. You need to come up. You need to make sure that you apologise and, you know, say your piece. I said the banners wouldn't work. Now, look, we don't know for sure why these guys have left. Obviously, the press releases and all that have came out. They're saying that they're left of their own accord, etc., etc. We can believe that. You don't need to believe that. It's up to you. I do think, however, the banners and the fan pressure must have had some sort of impact because, you know, you don't get two guys leaving the club in that short space of time when they've been under that amount of pressure if it hasn't got anything to do with that pressure. So I'm not saying holding up the banners I 100% caused it, but I think it definitely did have an impact. So I'm sorry, as you said, I like the power of the banner. So I'm I'm really, really sorry to everybody. Um don't, I don't you dare, don't dare apologise, because they'll just be putting banners out for everything now, you know what I mean? Didn't he win a treble, get rid of the boards, you know, it's, <laughs> it's. Uh, it, I don't know, I think if they were swithering, if these guys were swithering in any way, if they were boss, if, you know, the chairman or whatever was swithering about whether to get rid of them or not, that's maybe made the difference, you know, I, I can't help thinking there's a wee element of everything they've done with a European final, you know, last year, less than a year ago, and this is what I'm getting, I'm walking out at Fur Park, and the whole away end is telling me to f off. They're yeah. thinking, I okay, well, <laughs> you know what I mean. You're just thinking yourself, what more? They'll, they'll know the ins and outs. I'm kind of convinced that they've still done generally a, a really good job. Um, and if they're thinking, well, this is this is what's going to happen, unless we actually have perfection every season, I might as well just chuck it. You know, you know. So I'm going to be hard on yourself, mate, for thinking that wasn't going to get rid of anybody. But it, it seems to it seems to have done. You know. No, but I, mean, I think um, in, in terms of the the sort of the board and, and where we've been recently, I, I kind of compare it to the actual Rangers squad, where I think they've been they've had a job to do in this part of our history to get us back up to the level of being a a championship winning team again, getting to a European final. But just because they've done that doesn't mean that they're the people to take Rangers forward and to consistently winning year in year out. And I think that's kind of where they are, you know. But probably done it a year or two too late. Certainly with the squad, I think that's a hundred percent sure. Probably with the board as well. I think there's a lot of similarities where it's probably just going a wee bit stale. Um, it's kind of the same when you look at the players. We don't have bad players. Exactly the same. It's aye. it's um, it's up there. Well, and obviously. it's the and it's the aye. It may be time to move on. It's certainly it is time to move on in terms of squad and maybe uh, with these directors and that. But it's the it's the way it's done. It's the being hounded at the door. The second you're not of any use. There's got to be a. I think there's a there's a real problem at Rangers before 2012. It's like it's been there for a long, long time. Um, I kind of lack of gratitude. You know, this kind of we want you to be here. We, you know, all the way up to 55. You know, what it's like when we come back into top flight, especially it, it ratcheted up a few gears. You are going to be absolute legends if you can get us to 55. And they did it. And I think a lot of the players, especially the non-Scottish ones, looked around. The second they like they didn't beat Malmo the following season to get into the Champions League, and it was it started then. Get yourselves to, you know what I mean? And they're thinking, what else? What happened to the legends? It's, how, how much credit do I get in the bank? And uh, I think that's it's, it's something I don't really like. Uh, I don't. I, I like the fact that we're no mockish, that we don't try and blame referees and all that for our failings. But the way we set about our own people sometimes, I think it's a bit previous at times, and it's it's a bit harsh. Um, but of course. If that's what if that's what it takes to to get the club turned around and get us uh, winning titles again, then I, I suppose uh, they have put out the banners. will think job done. You know, 
Aye, well, job done indeed. Every, at the end of the day, people have gotten what they wanted, so um, it's definitely a new dawn anyway. The club lots of changes, and you can even go back to, to the manager as well, which is possibly the most important position at the club. Um, James Bisgrove obviously coming in now, tweeted the other day, I'm, I'm pretty happy with James Bisgrove coming in. Um, this is a guy who, throughout his career, um, because yes, I have been stalking his LinkedIn page, guys, um, but not just at Rangers, but throughout his professional career, um, he's grew, he's got promoted, he's enhanced companies that he's been with, including UEFA, which I'll get onto a wee bit, and I know obviously I mentioned that in the group chat the other day, Alec, but Bisgrove, when he came in, you know, was promising a lot of things, you know, he got the kit deal with Castor Overline, and I know people are saying, oh, they released a thousand kits a year, at the end of the day, they're, they're paying big money for for a kit deal that we just got out of with, with all the stuff with Humo and stuff like that, and um, what have you so it was a pretty decent deal at the time in terms of money coming in Edmondson House has got that done I know you'll get people saying it's a vanity project blah 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 at the end of the day I think investor in infrastructure is something that Rangers have got to do um, Celtic have always got an advantage because they've got 10,000 more, more seats at Celtic Park so we need to look at bridging income gaps one way or the other um, one thing that James Bisgrove has done is pretty much wipe out the gap between Rangers and Celtic in terms of commercial revenue. Um, and in fact, if you look at the last financial year, um, Keenan Maguire, the price of football guy, actually, but will explain it a lot better than me if you want to you listen to him. But Rangers actually made more commercial revenue than Celtic last year. And the only reason that in the books it will show that Celtic have more is because of the way that Celtic count their commercial revenue in terms of a kit deal. So a perfect example of that is, say you sell a, a kit for 50 quid, Celtic count that full 50 quid as turnover, whereas say you buy it for 25 quid, Rangers only count the £25 made in profit. So Celtic have basically done it away where they can, you know, they can make their commercial income look more. It is perfectly legitimate. It's perfectly legal. Don't worry, guys. We're not going to start making Twitter pages about um, the expose of um, the dodgy Celtic Adidas kit deals. Um, but at the end of the day, that that income bridge has been completely wiped out, considering I think we were like, oh, God knows where we were in like 2018, 2019 commercially anyway. Um, you look at the way that he's operated things, it's been pretty good. He's he's promised things and he's pretty much delivered everything. And one thing for me that as the whole Sydney stuff and, you know, he was the one that brought that to the table, absolutely. But he's a commercial director. It's his job to bring ideas to the club that will make money. And when you're offered money there, that's, I think more than double what the annual um, Scottish Premier League TV deal is why, why would he not go to that he wasn't the one that signed off on that he's not a Rangers fan so it should have been the other directors that kind of knew about that to put the foot down and um, in terms of respect him in that way the reason I do that is because he was the only one who actually came out and basically faced the music he was the one that was going out to fan media giving interviews, he was the one going out to the mainstream media giving interviews Telling it, telling it how it was. So, for me, Alec, I'm I'm really impressed with the guy. He's someone who, as I say, he's done well at everything that he's done in life. He's young, he's ambitious, he's hungry, he's got contacts in a lot of great places, and I, I think it's a great appointment, to be honest. Aye, it's a touch of the kind of Anfield bootroom um, of old, but but to all the reference for yourself, Craig. But uh, they used to you know, promote from within, and it tended to work. And the guys that have been promoted 
we're doing well. This isn't a case of we've just we've just grabbed the nearest guy and said, "Do you want to, do you want to fill in this job for us?" This is a man who's who's earned this slot. Um, as you say, it comes across great, Craig. And I think, kind of harking back to what I was talking about in terms of supporter attitudes, this kind of knee-jerk thing that we get on board really quickly. Um, was it no? Did no arrange the Australia uh, friendly just at the Sydney Cup thing just after we'd be, we'd failed to get into the Champions League, and everybody everybody was going on about the money. We've not got the money, and this is what we got to a European final, and then uh, uh, that wasn't a good. There was I can't remember. I remember it was the season before. I can't actually remember uh, correctly. You know, it's a, but it, it, the guy is hearing the supporters wanting money. You've chucked away this chance of money, Rangers. Everybody's an accountant when it comes to supporting Rangers. You know, as you as you're alluding to, uh, everybody that hates us is an accountant as well when it comes to your tax and all that. But um, he's responded to the need for cash. He's like, right, okay, it's all about the cold hard cash for their support. Here's this friendly. They're offering the money, you know, and then suddenly he's getting that back in his face as well. And as you say, he manned up to it. He stood up to it. Um, he, he took it on board, and he, he came out and he spoke to the supporters, and he comes across well. You know, I mean, I'm not. A big fan of you know kind of, commercialization uh, of football. The smooth old businessmen, you know. Yes. But I, no, I don't. The commercialization of football, I don't really. Ultra commercialization of football. The kind of against modern football stuff isn't really doing me because it's that's part of the appeal of football. You no, know, like your rugby types, you not know, your rugby union types, your kind of posh types don't want to talk about the cash while they are making much more than anybody else. You know, while they're all being super posh, it's that. The glamour of football, I think, is is it's like a working class game, and we've always loved talking money. You know, you can, you know, do your football history go right back to you know a hundred first ten thousand pound transfer, first hundred thousand pound transfer. It's always been the same. I've loved talking dough, um, and that's I'm, I'm I'm quite happy to have people in there who will make who make the money. For as I loved, you know, David Murray doing that. You know, for every every five or they spend, we'll spend a ten on all that kind of stuff. It's I, I, I absolutely suits me fine, and you know, obviously Murray. Um, all ends horrendously with David Murray, but then we've got the biggest shyster of the lot in, in uh, Craig White coming in. And for me, it's been a kind of a less and less since, the, a, kind of, a less and less of a cowboy since then. You know, with you know the Charles Green stuff and all that, you know, he just did a job that needed doing. And then you've got the, the Easedales not getting involved, you know, and uh, I'm not going to say anything against them in a public forum, you know, but uh, you're kind of looking at dodgy characters and then we get the board in that we've got the new and Bizgrove was another step up. And you're quite right with the, maybe the, the kit deal isn't perfect and what have you, but when you look where we were in 2012 and what we've got to, you can see the club getting dragged up. And uh, Edmondson, Edmondson House, aye, a total vanity, vanity project, but that's what we're all about. Winning league titles and, you know, getting to European finals, that's what Rangers are. We are, we're trying to be the biggest and the best in this country. We usually are over a few devastating years and we're getting back to that and uh, I'm really, really proud, really emotional about Edmondson House. It might, you know, if we get beaten Sunday, it'll just be a big warehouse, it'll just be a big waste <laughs> of time, you know, but if we win on, on Sunday and it's everybody's behind Michael Beale again and it's we're looking like we're going forward, Edmondson House is part of the whole package. And I've, I've, I've really felt it. I remember in a couple of years ago, the late, um, went tragically early, we lost Ali Dawson. But I remember going to a game, God, 2018-ish or something like that. I think maybe before Gerard arrived. And it was a, it was a rainy Sunday. We're already well, you know, they're running for the title. And there was Ali Dawson standing outside the front. He's got the full gear on and he's, he's giving it loud. day, just, you know, a great chat about his days as a player and puts basically a car park, mm. you know. Um, outside the mist, and this is for a club of our size support we've got. This is absolutely embarrassing. Plus, 
you're now, the, the fact that you can now, he could be, he could have been doing that, Ali Dawson. We've now got, you know, Nico Raskin's injured and he's inside Edmondson House giving, you know, a chat to the players, to, to the fans before games. And we've got all the punters inside Edmondson House under shelter. We've got the players in there as well, up on a stage, being given the proper treatment. It just creates a, a feeling of pride, you know, and I think, even before we had all that, Bizgrove had us. We had, you know, DJs, you know, outside the back of the Cortland or what have you. You're getting the whole kind of uh, pop up shops, you know, your wee food courts and all that kind of stuff going Bring on. Bring back well. the Rangers karaoke with Andy Cameron. Absolutely. Well, I'm not, <laughs> say, I, 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 I'm not saying, I'm not saying I wouldn't have that, mate. I'm not saying it was as good as that. Nothing's going to be as good as that. But it feels good. We feel like a proper club, a proper kind of. We're making money as well as creating a great spirit amongst the support, and uh, Bisgrove's been really central to that. And I'm I'm quite happy to see him uh, moving on up. No, absolutely, and a nice wee primal scream reference there as well. Even though he's a Celtic fan, but that's not the point, right? <laughs> that's uh, we'll end it there on Bisgrove, just because I know obviously we were a wee bit late, so we, we can leave uh, other things for all day. Right, before we talk about the game, I just want to talk about the, the transfer rumours uh, recently, Alex. So, obviously, been linked with a lot of championship players, or lower Premier League players lately, your, your Kieran Dills, um, your Willocks, your Lyndon Dykes, blah, blah, blah. Now, Michael Beale came out today at the press conference, he said he wanted to to stop the, the Willock rumour, saying that he wasn't going to take advantage of a, a poor situation at QPR. Um uh, well, I mean, I, d- I don't know if that means that he thinks that they're going to be skinned if they get relegated into League One and he would feel bad poaching their best players. I mean, I would actually feel great doing that. That's kind of what you're supposed to do as, as the bigger <laughs> Rangers. But, um, you know, Willock and Dykes, if Bill says he's not going to go to QPR, then obviously they two are not going to be signing. Um, Butland and Dowell seem to be the ones on people's lips. Um, before we get into Butland, because I think that looks like it's, it is going to happen, Um I've seen a lot of things on Twitter the last few days where it's like, oh, it's lazy going after players like this. It's a championship, you know, blah, 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 blah. But at the same time, I'm kind of looking at it and thinking, well, Michael Beale knows that market. Why would you know shopping that market? Was it lazy recruitment at Celtic when Postacoglu brought in Kyogo and Hitachi and Maeda from winning him at, at, at their time in Japan? You can find gems in the English Championship. Now, I don't want all of your signs in the summer to be free agents from the English Championship, but if you look at some of our, well, the two of the three biggest assets that we sold in the last few years, Aribo and Bassi, came from sort of either youth development in England or, well, in ba- uh, Aribo's case, actually, League One. Um, I know, I think Charlton just got promoted to the Championship by the time that we signed them before Lee Boyer had his meltdown, but... Um, there's, there's gems there. Even look at Celtic, they brought in Matt O'Reilly for, for MK Dons for League One. There is gems down there. For me, I think Michael Beale's doing the right thing. If you know a market, stick to it, especially when, you know, we've no got a director of football at the moment that's kind of ready to oversee things. Aye, absolutely. I think we'll, we are, um, uh, uh, we'll try to catch up at the moment with uh, a club who, as you say, and a manager who did really well in the Japanese uh, J League, knew that, knew that market really well obviously took what he needed he knew how it compared to the Scottish League and he took what he needed and he's been drilling them for two years you know they, they slow six months getting off the ground and then they pumped us that time at Parkhead 3-0 in February uh, last season and he's been uh, battling on uh, ever since then so we've got a manager who knows his only previous managerial job is in the Championship in England so that's a market that's a market he knows as well as any um, he's going to go in there if he get and it's at the end of the day, though, that's just if anybody has a problem with that, I don't see why they would, because he's just doing the same thing, basically, as uh, 
our uh, friend across the city. I don't really care where the players come from at the end of the day. You know what I mean? If he's good, at, and I think Michael Beale, the one thing we we're talking about earlier, he looks like a guy who loves it. And he obviously, mm-hmm. we're, we're asking as well. He's not a guy for the championship. He's coming for the Juleper League in Belgium. He obviously wants to get a hold of them. He wants to see them. He's pointed this out himself. He wants to talk to the players themselves and find out, just get a, just get an idea of what their attitude's like. Um, I'm kind of in a situation, I, I can feel Doogie reaching through the screen to try and get a hold of me because I'm not that bothered. The, trans, the, the, the rumours and what have you, I just want it done and I want to know who it is. And I'm in a situation just now where I, I trust Michael Beale as a manager to get the players that he wants. I'm actually quite excited about seeing what his system's going to be because he's, I think just now he's, just, he's, he's obviously trying to walk the line between the saying to supporters, listen, this isn't my team. You know, even though he's a responsibility for all the players that are there through his first time with Gerard, he's just mm-hmm. saying, I'm getting this change in the summer. We're going to get a proper pre-season into what's left and we're going to get a few signings in. Um, he's got a different vision uh, for things altogether, but he doesn't want to say that too harsh, I don't think, because he's going to upset the guys who are leaving in the summer. Um, when he's still going to try and get a couple of performances at them at least um, before the end of this season. But I think I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing who Beal's going to bring in. So I'm quite happy just knowing he's in charge of it. He's in charge of recruitment. I'm a bit worried, as I said earlier on, uh, he, he talked was at last week's press conference say it was 10% extra work. It's just 10% extra work for me to go and to get involved with every aspect of signing first-team players. Um, but as Rangers manager, he doesn't have a spare 10%. No. You know, it's, he's, he's got enough on his plate just getting the team sorted for, for uh, every game. So... Well, I'm concerned about the time he's put into it. I'm really happy that it's Bill that's that's in charge uh, of recruitment just now, and I, I think he will. I think he'll get exactly what he wants. And Cantwell and Raskin, um, particularly Cantwell, who I was, I was, I was doing the very thing I'm talking about. He's going English Championship. Couldn't he's struggling to get English? Champ- I'm not really. I don't really rate that, you know. And he's come in. He's been absolutely phenomenal. Um, you're apologising about the banner. Well, I apologise. I'm constantly going to be apologising about that because I, I didn't rate Cantwell at all, and he's absolutely he's been absolutely tremendous. Uh, so I I'm, I'm quite happy with with hitting that market. Um, and I don't like it's the same as yourself, mate. QPR. I went to Loftus Road once. Didn't there wasn't a game or anything like that. I just went. I was trying to get in just to see the ground. Couldn't get in, but I went into the club shop. And the most confusing thing I've ever read in my life. They had this thing above the well, all these weekend, you know, messages for the players, quotes for famous QPR players, and I think. John Hollis, and the quote was, every time I pulled on the hoops, I knew I was a ranger. And I was just, <laughs> I stood there for about half an hour, I think they had to throw me out. I was just like, what, how, what, did you, what? Just didn't make any sense to me at all, you know? So they're a bit weird, you know, calling themselves rangers and wearing hoops. No, just raid them if you've got to, Michael. Well, if you're freaked out by that, and Pete Doherty, the famous QPR fan, when he was reading that quote, how do you think he felt? He would have been extremely confused. Maybe that's what put him on the drugs in the first place. I <laughs> well, I it might have been. Maybe that's what put him towards Kate Moss. But anyway, um, <laughs> Jack Butland. Before we move on to Sunday, he's somebody that I wanted to talk about. Everybody's probably seen my. Well, I've seen everybody's probably seen my tweet as if I'm like Twitter famous. Um, I assume most of the Gelsnet community seen my tweet the other day where I said I'm not overly convinced by him. Um, I've not really changed my mind, to be honest. Um, look, he's 30 years old. He clearly had a very, you know, sort of a, a good solid start. Um, I think he started with Birmingham, obviously moved on to Stoke and stuff like that. But for me, the guy's not played properly in about three years. He's had injuries really bad injury issues in the past. He's obviously 
at Man United now. I know a lot of people are saying he's a backup goalie. He's no, he's a third choice goalie. He's only been brought in because for the Europa League you need quotas of English players. If you look at Chelsea signing Rob Green a few years ago as well, um, Man City signed uh, Trevor Carson. Um, well, Trevor Carson, uh, Trevor Carson, uh, goalkeeper. Frank. No, no, no him. Um, but oh, Scott Carson, that was it. Um, but I so you're seeing that pattern with like big English teams signing basically about to be retired English goalkeepers, so that it gets a quote up and stuff like that. Now I know Butland's nowhere near retired, but. You're, I mean, you're Cantwell one. The, the, the reason why I wasn't bothered about Cantwell, right, is because look at his age. He's about 24, 25. He's got a lot to give. Now, look, Butlin's only 30. For a goalkeeper, that's, that's dead, dead young. But, you know, Cantwell had at least played football in the last three years. Maybe not very well, or maybe not the way that he wanted to, but he was still playing. I just, I don't know if this is the guy that we should be going for. Now, people call me a hypocrite because people say, who should we go for? I genuinely don't know. And I'm actually one of these people, I don't like it when people turn around and say, oh, well, I don't like this, I don't want that. And then when you're asked, well, what do you want? And you say, I don't know, it's not my job to do it, I'm not paid the money to do it. I actually believe that. I'm just saying I genuinely can't think of another alternative <laughs> to Jack Butlin. That's that's the only thing. I understand the way that budgets work, but I don't know. I'm just I'm just not 100% sure of it. No, um, I, I mean, I, I'm obviously take your word for, for all the stats because I, I haven't looked into them at all. Uh, but and as you say, it's just the fact that you don't really know about him off the top of your head. You know, you've heard the name, obviously, like you're saying, because um, you had his had his wee moment um, <laughs> a wee while ago. You're 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 not thinking he's great. I, again, I'm just going. I'm going to do the cop out and saying Bill must. You know, see something. Mm. You know, um, if he's going to get him on board, and the one thing I would say, which is a horrible thing to say, um, like I'm talking about this whole thing with Angel support has been a bit um, lacking in gratitude. I would never want uh, that. I never want Alan McGregor to think I don't uh, thank him for every brilliant save he's pulled up for Rangers in the years. Absolutely, hero, best Rangers goalkeeper uh, of my life. But we've seen how bad he's been this season. But we're basically mm. looking at if somebody can come off the line. You know. If he, if he's staying, if his button can do the drills and training when he comes off his line for a crossbar across the six yard box, whatever that'll do for me, as that's going to be a major uh, improvement. So you say thirty year old injury history or not, it's still a lot younger than the or two first choice uh, goalies just now. Robbie McCrory hasn't appeared again. I know he's had his injury problems and that of late, but. Uh, he's obviously no fancied, albeit he is the last uh, Rangers goalkeeper to keep a clean sheet in an all firm game, but. I don't think Robbie McCrory's uh, coming back as uh, his first choice, he, even if he is getting, maybe getting a run out towards the end of the season. Maybe Butland isn't going to be first choice, you know, if he comes in. But uh, aye, I'm not I'm particularly excited, but I've learned my lesson for the Cantwell thing. Um, if if Beale has, has sussed it out and thinks he's the man, thinks he's going to do a job for him, well, then that'll, that'll do for me because he's certainly had plenty of chances. He's certainly had plenty of time, Beale, to, to look at what he's got. And I think he's, he's let it slip. Basically, that the McGregor's away, um, and I don't think McLaughlin's maybe going to get that much a look in either. So, I, um, is it, I'm not excited about it, mate. It's no one that excites me, but then I wasn't excited about Cantwell, um, and, and he's been different level. So, I'll just take the manager's word on this one. I, I mean, the only thing for me is it, it just screams of Butland making a couple of like high profile errors in the first couple of games of the season, and then Ross, Mc, uh, Ross McCrory, well. 
Ross McCrory up until what two years ago actually <laughs> made, made male goalkeeping appearances in his brother. But um, it just screams at Butland with a couple of high profile errors and then Robbie McCrory coming in as number one after that. Which by the way, if that does happen, could could be good because you know Robbie McCrory he, he's a weird one. I know people are making the comparisons to Alan McGregor because they were about the similar ages when McGregor was breaking through into the first team when um Letizia was guff and, and close was injured, but I don't know. I just I, I kind of get the feeling that because of how bad the goalkeeping situation has been the last year and a bit that if he was going to play, he would have played by now. Um, so I I don't know. At the end of the day, I think next season for for Robbie McCrory, we'll know a hundred percent if he's going to be here for the long term as number one or no. Um, but I we'll just need to wait and see. And listen. I want to be proved wrong because if we sign Jack Butland and, he, and he's an amazing goalkeeper, I mean, I'll be coming out and apologising every week. But if me apologising every week means it means they've got a great goalkeeper, then I'll apologise every week for the rest of my life. I don't care. And if I actually get a good history of goalkeepers, I mean, apart from being I, well, I, I think that's it. Brian made that point last week, didn't he? Brian, one of the pods, I can't remember if it was a Friday night or a Sunday night one, uh, but Brian Archer was talking about the fact that we've been spoiled for choice uh, with goalies. I can remember, again, I don't want to be harsh on somebody, the only Rangers goalkeeper to win a European medal. Uh, uh, Peter McCloy was the last kind of, I hate to say it, but a goalkeeper for Rangers that you weren't 100% confident and we've been really been spoiled, you know. Um, not obviously that you had moments with Klosser, Stephen Klosser, a bit of a problem with long range shots and that kind of thing, but you've really been Spoiled, you know, for, for Chris Woods, Stephen Kloss, you know, um, Andy Gorham, obviously, just like the, the greatest uh, goalkeeper I've ever seen, just for, and what he could do. And it was only McGregor's kind of length of service uh, when he came back for his second spell. The second spell it really took him past Gorham for me in terms of the, the greatest I'd ever seen. Um, but I will be really spoiled. So maybe it's just, I, I think there's, we don't want it, you know, Ange Ball's been used. So we don't want to get in the Beal ball or whatever, but I think there is a money ball aspect to what Michael Beal's going to be doing. Um, so you're maybe looking at, if you've actually seen, if you've seen the film, Money Ball, I think it was the best in the book, I never read the book, but basically, you know, at the baseball thing, you're just picking somebody who fits in and has got a certain amount of stats. I find it hard like yourself to see what the stats are that make us think we should sign Buckner when he's got such an injury history and a history of clangers. But I think they might have to get used to players being not as glamorous within themselves but fitting into a, a bill system that I've got a, a bit of confidence in just now. Well, I've got certainly got confidence in him, and you know, as we say, just need to trust the guy who got me his job, and hopefully um, that will continue. But aye, that's enough for that. We've got a game on Sunday. It's a pretty big game. It's probably the biggest game of the season. So uh, we, we do need to talk about it, right? Yep. I did. T- I did tell you before we were, were on air, Alec, that I had some that I had some stats for you. This is the thirteenth old firm. Uh, Scottish Cup semi-final um, uh, sorry the 12th uh, well no there's been 12 this is the 13th I'm getting mixed up with my own stats um, Rangers have won 7 compared to Celtics 5 so who will be the unlucky or lucky number 13 Todd Campbell maybe hey, he's the lucky 13 um, Rangers Rangers of course won the last semi-final about a year ago um, this week Um I think it was about this week, a year, well, a year ago. Um, that was a brilliant day. I, I was saying to Frankie off there, that, that was one of the best ends at Hamden I've ever, ever been at. That, that was a brilliant atmosphere that day. Rangers, of course, famously have won the only old firm penalty show if it was to go all that way back in 2016 as well. So how's your omens for Sunday, guys? Um, look, there's no getting away for it. Um, it's a huge game. 
in a way, is it bigger than the League Cup final, even though that was a final? Quite possibly, just because of, you know, that was this is like a last chance to win something this season, at least after the League Cup final. We were technically, you know, not we weren't out of the league yet, you know, but that this is a last chance to win something this season. And do you know what? I'm quite confident going into it because weirdly enough I know we've all spoke about how these players have let us down in the big moments but in a weird way they've not let us down in some aspects as well because it seems to be when it comes to stopping Celtic doing something these players step up 2020-2021 stopping Celtic winning 10 in a row last year 21-22 stopping Celtic winning a treble 22-23, stopping Celtic win a treble. So that might be the motivation for these players. For me, the motivation needs to be, well, you're a Rangers player. It's a Scottish Cup semi-final. You're playing Celtic. That is the only motivation that you need. But it's weird. These players, like I've said time and time again, Alec, I've never known a group of players to give you the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. And we can sit here and talk about tactics, shape, formation, etc. until the cows come home. But at the end of the day, we just don't know what Rangers team's going to turn up on Sunday, do we? Um, no, I, would, I would say in terms of, since Michael Beals and I, you, you kind of know exactly what you're getting. Uh, up until last Sunday, you knew exactly what you're mm, getting. That was, they're going to beat everybody else. And then they're not going to be able to do it against Celtic. Mm. And taking the games aside, the three games he's had so far against Celtic, Beal, I think uh, the, he made, we made a catastrophic mistake. You know, uh, defensively, at least right, was about five different players made a catastrophic mistake in the first five minutes against Celtic in January. Let them take the lead straight away. We're chasing the game, but we managed to turn it around. Uh, we're, we're beating them, and then I think it was a bad substitution by Abiel, uh bringing on uh, James Sands in that game late on, trying to be defensive. Sands was kind of slipping up, they was falling over the place like, straight away. It was too much for him. Um, was it just doing to him? Was it just doing to that boy? You know, no harm to him. But we're close, but no cigar. The League Cup final. We played really hard. I think it's the poorest we've played in any of the three games I under never showed up against them. You know, we had a good, we had a, we had a spell, maybe 10, 20 minutes, where we, 10 to 15 minutes in the second half where we looked like we're properly going for it. Um, I think most of the second half we had, like, we actually had missed the ball on that, but it was, it wasn't going anywhere for about, you know, a good half or 20 minutes. I, um, but that was it. It just wasn't, it wasn't anywhere near good enough. In the last five minutes of that game, the injury time, I tried to punt the ball up the park. Just did, you know, from wanting a better expression of Hail Mary, we couldn't even manage that. Celtic were just taking the ball off. They should have scored another couple mm-hmm. at the end of that game. But I think that the, the, the central problem with that game, everybody said he did put uh, Raskin and Cantwell on at the start. But that was just, they'd just arrived. And it was just after our best performance under Bill at that point had been the 4 1 win uh, at Tynecastle. And uh, he put that team out, he, he fielded that team. Um, and it went with guys who are more experienced. And you had at that, at that point, we're talking about how great a game it was last season, seventeenth uh, of April last year when we beat them in the Scottish Cup semi-finals. It's just over a year since we beat these Bampots. But it was uh, the, the the one and only um, Lundstrom was absolutely phenomenal that day. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of you can you know he's he's back in the same situation. It's still to get hand in. So you can see why Bill you know uh, is, is playing him, but. I wasn't too unhappy with that, but I, th- I think the game at Parkhead, three massive individual errors, Clancy, then our two centre-halves make m- massive errors. Uh, other than that, he showed, I think, particularly first, kind of, up until up until Alfie basically had his perfectly good goal disallowed. We showed that we had a kind of measure of them. We knew how to stop them. you know. Mm-hmm. And, I, and even when we lined up that free kick deep into injury time at the end, I was convinced we were going to put it in because I, I think we really looked like it was just kind of a ding-dong game that day. 
it was mm-hmm. we, were, we were given as good as we were getting for the, for the most part. So I was hoping we're now getting to that point where this is the one. If I, it's not just it's not about what's even what's on the game, what's at stake. It's just we're getting to that point where we know them. We're getting better every time we play them um, against them, and we're, we're, we're going to do the business. I just don't know. I, I'm kind of too old. I remember various games where you're you're going to a bad run against Celtic. You got a, you need a win against Celtic for all sorts of reasons, and you usually slip up in the game before it. As if you've got your eye out, as if the team are actually concentrating, they're concentrating too much in the Celtic game coming up, mm-hmm. and you end up getting a performance against Aberdeen at Petodri, for example, like we did last week, because they're thinking about the old firm game. And that's actually a good thing, because it means they've got it in the tank. That's what they're looking for. And they're, they're focused on, on beating Celtic. And I was hoping, I was, I was almost when Celtic slipped up on Saturday and drew, a part of me was actually thinking, right, we need to get beat. Because they, they know what's happening here. They they, they know they're, mm. they're concentrating on the old firm game. It's almost like we need to do even worse tomorrow. <laughs> you know, but of course, when you see the reality of us doing worse up at Aberdeen, you're like, no. And I just, my only worry that goes against this whole kind of, it's cumulative when we're getting there and you know, we're due a win against them, is because we have players who I think are obviously leaving in the summer. Um, and I'm just wondering, does it, that from their point of view, are they really that bothered? Because they're getting they're seri- a lot of them are seriously used to it. like before Beale arrived, like you're talking about, they're letting you do it all the time. They're seriously used to doing that. That's kind of in their bones. Just as we Celtic, it's in their bones to always beat us. You know, I always get a result um, over the past the past kind of year and a half. So I'm a bit worried about that for that aspect. But I, I I'm neither super confident nor. Chucking the towel in. I just don't, you never chuck the towel in anyway. Once you get in the stadium, you want to. Some of the build up this week as well, when you see some of the pattern and all that, you're like, fuck, let's do this. Come on. You know, it's just wake up. You know, and I quite, I think there's a, I think there's a bit of Celtic cockiness there as well. And I don't think they're good enough to be that cocky. So well, there 100% is. And the, the thing is, I'm, I'm not, I'm not coming out here saying that the Celtic players are management or are, are being cocky because I, I actually don't think that's the case at all. Um, you know, Joe Hart. I think after one of the games that they beat is well, I think it was maybe even the 4-0 game earlier. He's coming out, obviously you've just gubbed his 4-0, you would expect to be this and the next thing he's gone, no, like they're they're a good team, you know, they just got to the Europa League final and stuff like that. Kinda of talking us up, which is, you know, I think from the, the management and the players are Celtic, I don't think the cockiness is there. The fans, however, well, the the less said the better because well, we, we, we don't know what they're like. And I, they've always been the same. It's like it's like oh, <laughs> the character. You can in your face characters. Oh, what are we like? We're super jokey until you put it to them. You know, oh, and then yeah. it's like, oh my god, referee, fucking conspiracy. <laughs> I mean, so don't, I would never worry about them. They're easily they're easily turned in. I do actually think uh, a Coglu seems to be really ratty really quickly, and considering how they've been doing the past couple of seasons, you know, one in one in like two. Mm. Or, um, to the, the the three trophies each season, hope it stays at that rate. You think why is the guy so edgy? You know, I think there's a definite kind of fragility there, um, and I don't think it would take much for us to to push them over the edge. Basically, I think they could. I could see them having a really bad, you know, if it's if it's not going their way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've got to do something. But we've got to make that happen, you know. And um, I I just worry that we've got a couple of players that are just kind of on their way, and I also worry just for a personnel point of view, be able to talk in the day, but. Uh, Goldson and Kent, you know, just kind of either they're back in training, you know, we'll just need to wait and see. I'm like, ah, 
don't know what maybe it's just a bit of the old mind games you know they're, they're absolutely fine and they're ready to go but I think it is I, I think I think they'll both be fine I think obviously Goldson's going to be the more the more pivotal one out of the two I mean Ryan Kent again I, this guy just he's, he's so infuriating it's the same with Alfredo Morelos and you know, I've said I've said that a few times. Right now, as it stands, well, as it stood for quite a while, I've been like, no, do not renew their contracts. But do you know what? See if for whatever reason their contracts get renewed, I'm going to be absolutely buzzing at the same time. Do you know what I mean? That's that's that's, that's what they do. More so, Morelos, and it, and it's weird because um, I think when Bill first came in, you know, if you were looking at the two people saying, oh well. Kent's looking a lot better now, he's blah, 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 blah. Morello's still isn't looking his best. We need Kent in a new contract, we need him. And then you look at his performances the last two old firm games where he's been non-existent. And actually, out of the two of them, if you look at their form, you'd probably rather take Morello's now than Kent. I think but, uh, <laughs> Colin uh, summed this one up for me. He, he hit it, I'm exactly the same as you, Craig. I was, example, the game against Celtic at Parkhead, um, Alfie you know, has the goal, that's a perfectly good goal. I found myself, what was it? I did a, a post-match reaction pod or something. And I think it's because I'd been contemplating, I'd been saying to, to uh, Colin, do you think maybe we could go without Morelis? You know, at Park, you know, just, then I felt bad saying it, you know, but it was like so kind of slow in that. And I'm just wondering other options, you know, having Cantwell and Tillman the same team, blah, blah, blah. And I was, I'd was i been talking about maybe dropping them, you know, um, and Colin said no. Uh, he couldn't see it, and that, sure enough, that's what happened. And I ended up at the end of the game. I remember going to be pod and saying, "Look, I just wanted because I'd, I'd asked, I'd, I'd said that Alfredo Morelos could get dropped for this game, and I wouldn't be bothered. I want to, you know, single him out for some praise because um, he had that goal disallowed. You know how he, re- he reacts to opposition supporters. There's no, there's no range of supporters in the stadium. Sixty thousand folk goading him, and uh, he had a couple of chances in the second half, and he didn't put either of them away. But he kept himself, and he, I was basically, I just suddenly went, "Oh." You're praising Alfredo Morelos for no getting sent off. That's no That's what he's, that, that's supposed to be a given. You know, you know that, that's no worthy of praise. You know, it's just I'm so used to his flaws that I was like, oh, I would really expect Alfredo to get sent off a day. You know, the fact that he missed a couple of sitters in the second half, um, they, they seem to bother me anymore. And I think that's you're almost being kind of institutionalised. I know exactly what you mean about this squad and about Kent Morelos. Sum it up more than anybody else, where you're half of you is like, yeah, we need them. Another half years, like I think they're done. It's time to go. And it was Colin said, I think last Sunday night's pod. It's when you think about um, Kent might go to England, he could go to you know top half of the championship, lower half of the Premier, uh, the Premier League in England, and the wages that would be often. Do you want Rangers to match those wages? Do you want Rangers to like you know uh, be, be, be forking out that kind of money to keep Kent? And suddenly, because I'm very much, I do think that if you watch a game back. If you watch it back for a second time without the emotion attached, you notice Ryan Kent doing a lot more things than you notice at the time. The numbers thing, I think, is overstated. Um, you do want more goals from, you should have more goals from. But I think like the game against Motherwell was a case in point a couple of weeks back, three or four weeks back, where we won four two, and he was involved in three of the goals. But he's never he's getting the pass before the assist, so he's not getting a number kind of thing. Um, and managers, opposition managers, rate. Ryan Kent a lot more than the Rangers support do. They always double down on him, which I think you know contributes a lot to him looking quieter at times when he's actually pulling us right up the park and keeping opposition defences occupied in a way that none of our other players do. And I like this new role he's got where he's not so much focused on being kind of outside left. He's he's gone all over the place, kind of sitting behind two strikers almost. I like that, but I know exactly what you mean. I think it's just getting to the point where if the two of them don't do the business, for example, on Sunday. 
or the two of them play and they have quiet games, that's it. You know, and it will break my heart in a lot of ways. But I think they signify how we're so used to relying on them that I'm almost getting to the point I don't actually, I can't imagine to cope without them. But I think Michael Beale does. And I think when you see in Cant, if you can't well in Raskin, the future, you know, mm. and uh, but we need we need to get we need to get a serious tune out there too on Sunday, um, and our defence as well, which has been this same goal we've been conceding for the last two or three months, even under Beale, who I'm 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 get a lot of faith in. This the amount of goals that are just knocked in the back of your net for the six. They're basically on the line almost to the six yard box. Um, so the defence needs to step up as well. But there's signs there that they can do the business or not. Everybody's on the cusp. You can see you've got you've got the kind of confidence and a certain, to a certain extent, but the reality almost doesn't live up to it all the time. So uh, it's touch and go for me, mate. But uh, we've, got to, we've got to do this on Sunday. Got to. Yeah, I mean, K- Kent Morelos is special, as you say. They, they've got to show up and, you know, I think if they show up, we've got we've got every chance. That's that's what we were saying before. You know, these these aren't bad players. I actually think if you if you compare both Rangers and Celtic squads, you know, leave injuries out it and leave mentality out of it. If you compare them player for player, at their best, there's very little between the two squads in my opinion. There's very little. If you look at a combined eleven, they're probably they're probably split down the middle. That's um, the thing, that, and that's how you know your mentality is bad. Yeah, because our, our best eleven is better on paper than their best eleven. But these games only played on paper, and that's exactly. in the book. And it's it's that's why you're at that stage with you know, especially look, Morelis sums it up better than anybody else. You know, love him, know he's been brilliant, but I'm sick of the, the thing that came to me after that League Cup final was I'm sick of waiting. I'm sick of cons- almost making excuses. I know this guy's good. He's done it before. I think he's going to do it again. We need, and for Michael Beale as well, you know, he needs to go into next season with the support behind him, mm-hmm. the whole support behind him, and he'll start getting it big time if he can do this uh, on, on Sunday because it will basically let that, that mob in a treble. But apart from that, it means it just means we're not going to win in this season, and uh, that's that's kind of bad. I as kind of bad. Um, speaking of kind of bad, uh, well, a lot of people say kind of bad. I wanted to speak about Malik Tillman because last week against Aberdeen, he puts a great ball through for Fashion Sakala. Sakala can't score. He then puts a great ball through for Ravi Matondo. Ravi Matondo can't score. And uh, the reason we get beat 2-0 off Aberdeen is because of Malik Tillman. It's not because yeah. of the fact that Fashion Sakala and Ravi Matondo uh, can't take their chances and we can't defend. It's because Malik Tillman... Um, doesn't he track back and he, he, he does that the next thing look Malik Tillman for me I've said it time and time again bring him in he's a quality player um, he, he can do amazing things on the ball I know people are saying he needs a performance against Celtic in a weird way I'm kind of like does he I don't know because at the same time you need players that can do it against the, the lesser teams as well Chris Boyd perfect example could never do it against Celtic but if you take Chris Boyd's goals at a the Rangers team that won well two out of the three in a row that he was there. We're not we're nowhere in those leagues if Chris Boyd isn't scoring. Um so we need we need guys like that and, and also as well, one guy that might be a weird comparison, but look at Tom Rogic, right? People say that Malik Tillman can't do it against Celtic. What was Tom Rogic's first moment in an old firm game? Well he did score in the semi final boot, did he do in the penalty shoot, he skied it. Aye. The, the first season that we were up, Tom Rogic done nothing against his either, didn't score. And then the following season, he just completely, you know, was was like Messi against us doing this, that, and the next thing. 
Rogic was what 25, 26 in full Australian internationalist, really experienced player, played in the Champions League, played in tournaments. Malik Tillman's 20 years old. This is his first full season as a professional football player. Some of his numbers is incredible. I mean, he's going against USG. He, he, he basically makes a goal as well that gets us into the Champions League for the first time in over a decade. Um, that pays the five million quid back straight away. But I think he's great. Question is though, Alec, should he start on Sunday? And I'm a wee bit, I don't know if he should start on Sunday because I would kind of like to see his goal with, well, obviously not the same team, but maybe the same front three as we did in the New Year game in terms of Sakala, Kent Morelos. I've just got a feeling about Sakala in this game on Sunday. I've he, always got a feeling about Sakala. He basically done the business business last year, getting the, the right side of Starfield, the wrong side if you're a Celtic fan, but... You know, he wasn't. He obviously wasn't great the last game at Hamden, but he's, there's something about him. I just think, you know, yeah, actually, it was his final product that let him down at Hamden. To be honest, the only thing is, is the Cali going to play a week after he's been clean through against Aberdeen? You're going to get people in the comments saying, "No, he just is he's that the next thing." But I don't know. I think I think it would be worth a start. But this is this. I'm talking about the kind of. The money ball, the money ball aspect that Beale's bringing into it. We've already got that. We've had that for you know a couple of years. With when I mean, Sakala has got the pace you want, Morelos to have. You know, mm-hmm. Morelos is you know Cholak. I think has got the finishing skills. Even though he's had a couple of hours, especially at Fur Park. But I think Cholak's got the finishing skills that you want both Morelos and Sakala to have. We don't have the perfect striker. We don't have. Mm-hmm. And it's that whole thing of if we did, they wouldn't be Rangers. Um, but. I, for me, when you're playing the percentages, I know Sakala had a couple of a howler um, in the League Cup final last time he played Celtic at Hamden and obviously had a, a badge in uh, last week. But he, he, the, the shape to put Celtic under pressure, I would drop Morelis if that meant keeping Tillman in the team. I would definitely have Tillman in the team. He's going to cut I me. Mean, Joe Arebo was slow in his old firm games to start with. He, you know, we had all that with Joe Arebo. We the same thing. I remember Jorg Alberts. I remember the first time Alberts played against Celtic and thinking, this guy's not up for it. This is a bit, this is a bit too much for him, you know, and it just turns into he just he loved playing Celtic. He was scored all sorts of magnificent goals, um, iconic goals against Celtic. Uh, the last time Tillman played against them at Hamden, he wasn't fit. You know, he'd, he'd come back for an injury and he took a wee tap earlier. Do you know what? Sorry, on that, see that game, right? Tillman made a great ball across huh? and there was nobody there. Yeah. Again, he, he does he, he does his job. Do you know what I mean? It's like he could be quiet the whole game, but he plays that one key pass. Is it, is it his fault that there's nobody on the end of it? No. I'm talking about, I'm talking about manager, managers looking at percentages, you know, the whole kind of money ball uh, approach to things, but the supporters should look at the percentages with Tillman. It's no the man's style. He's like a he's like an attacking midfield Dave McPherson. Dave McPherson used to look like the work, you know, because he looked like a big giraffe. You're thinking, how can that guy be a defender? Well, he's a goal away for the Champions League final, Dave McPherson. You've got to look at what they're actually achieving as opposed to their style, as opposed to how they how they look. Malik Tillman, as you say, he's only 20-year-old, Craig. Um, a brand new country. He's kind of half German, half American. He plays for the, he plays for the States Bank. He's played for the German youth teams. Obviously, he sounds more German uh, than American. His English doesn't sound that, that that brilliant. He's obviously quite a shy guy. And I don't. It's a terrible thing to say um, about Scotland and what have you. About anywhere in Britain, really. But as a black man, he's going to fit that. That makes that's definitely a harder thing for players. You know, coming to another country as a black man in a kind of a predominantly white country. That's harder from culturally as well. Settling in and the way Scottish football is. 
you know, he's, he's, he'll be thinking, we're playing Celtic again. Is that the same? This is the, we're, we're not playing them in the league. We're playing the same team six times. You know, he's coming for the, he's coming for the Bundesliga now. He's like, you know, he will not really get it. It's quite difficult to work out what the hate that comes to Rangers and the intensity and wee tiny stadiums and what have you. And the, so there's a lot to take on board. And I think he has a language style. He's one of the guys, you know, something, you play five sides or something like that and you play against a guy who plays like juniors or has actually played professional football. The guy seems to be walking. But nobody can get anywhere near him, you know. And I think it's the same thing with Malik Tillman in the SPFL Premiership. He is a cut above. He's taking a bit of time to settle in to perfectly, but um, he's going to do it. And I think he's. I think it's a, a major mistake not to play him. He's just. He's just a different level when it comes to what money we're going to fork out on him. How are we going to go above five million? Are we going to even try to keep him at Rangers? I don't know. But uh, I. I would absolutely uh, have him starting. And I would, to be honest, if the whole kind of can you play can't we land. Tillman thing, if that meant dropping Morelis, do I make sure we had Ryan Kent and we had, you know, Sakala as well? I know you might go a bit more defensive in midfield or whatever. I am quite happy to to, to drop uh, Alfie to make sure we've got the pace and we've got the poison. But Tillman, Bill's first game in charge, the game against the Hibs, that mental game against Hibs in December at Ibrox. The goalie sets up, was it Ryan Jackie? Set, I can't remember, set up Morelis. But Morelis, the, the winner. The, the feet, no, we did, yeah. the, the quick feet in the box, That's you can't buy that. That's absolutely amazing. And the boy's capable of that at any time. And you're absolutely right. Uh, him getting the blame for last week is is, is a joke. Um, the, he's, a, he's a cut above and I would, I would absolutely have him uh, in the team. I'll be really upset if he doesn't start on Sunday. I will we'll certainly see what happens. And... Uh, Thanks very much for listening, guys. Anyway, I know it's been a wee bit of a um, a late one, but we'll we'll finish up very shortly. Just before we do, Alec, I'll ask you two questions. I want one word answers to both of them, and I, I stress one word answers. What do you mean? What do you mean? I can't do a one word uh, answer. What makes what makes you think that, mate? Right, right here we go. So, Davies or Suter Sunday? This is actually killing me. I can't do one more answer. Can you just say Davies or Suter? I'll say Suter. Suter. Okay. You're assuming, you're assuming Goldson's playing, you know what I mean? Well, aye. I think Goldson will play. And will the Rangers win? Yes. Well, that's the best one more answer you can hope for, guys. Alec, thanks very much for joining me tonight, mate. Pleasure, I know mate. it's been... Um, a late one, but um, thanks very much. And obviously, you guys at home, thanks for, for putting up with us. I hope you've um, enjoyed that tonight. Obviously, um, this is live on YouTube at the moment. Um, if you've missed any of the pod, if you've came in late or anything like that, you should be able to uh, rewind it um, back to the start at any point as well. Um, and also, um, it should be available on all your um, podcast providers, such as Spotify, iTunes and Google Podcasts. Um, in the next couple of days as well um, we'll be back on Sunday to review the game um, with Scott, Brian and Stuart um, but until then guys um, it's a big one on Sunday and I hope your team wins I'll see you later, bye bye